0: This Gospel message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Lord, hallelujah, such a wonderful thing. A joy to worship God, unrestrained and unhindered. And I pray that shall be the mark of our lives all our days in Jesus' name. The next few minutes, I will share with you, and then we take one or two prayer points, and then we shall be on our way. Our text is taken from Psalm 31, verse 15. Psalms 31, verse 15. I read first from the New King James Version. It says, My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. My times are in your hand. That is in God's hand, the psalmist says, deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. I find the international standard version also very nice. It says, my times are in your hands. Deliver me from the hands of my enemies and from those who pursue me. From those who pursue me. I think the psalmist here was experiencing some degree of worries when he wrote this psalm. And I believe that worry is very common to all human beings. I, my pastor friend and my former pastor, he used to do a tongue-in-cheek comment. I said, I know you don't worry. but we all know that we do worry. Worry is an integral part of life. Until the Lord delivers a person from a destructive power, worry. Come, we, we can we, we can fall into it a little bit, but when worries take over a person's life, is not good. So the psalmist knows how to get out of destructive worries, and so that the spirit of the Lord he spoke back to God and said, "God, I'm troubled, but my times are in Your hand. Worry." Let me say one or two things. Actually, when we say things about worry, some of them are very literal. Somebody say, I'm worried to death. You heard of that before. Or is worry sick? I don't think they are just metaphors. I think they are actually (laughs) literal. Because some people, they worry till death. And some people, they worry until they start, you know that? Until they start throwing up. And so worry is a a terrible thing. But but I believe God wants to tell us something this morning. Um, and, And that... Without any shadow of doubt, if we take our times and put it in God's hand, we will worry no more. Time is what um, the time is. Time is usually the thing that spur a person to worry. You know, we keep saying time is passing. Hmm? And it's one of the reasons why we really get flustered. You say, time is going. I'm this age now. Uh, my mates have done this. And usually there's a sense of timing that drives us, whether you like it or not. I've been on this project for so long. Lord, I have so much of time, so much of time. I spent X, Y, Z number of years in this company. Is this what I'm going to get? Time, 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 time. Time is very, very central. In fact, Jesus came at the right time. God got the timing right. Uh, And Herod had to be there. Uh, Judas had to be living in the world at that time. Everything was, timing is very central. But thank God, um, um, God has that time in his hand. Hallelujah. And so once you are aware of that, it becomes easy. To make it simple, you know that we divide time into past, present, and future. And so if my times are in God's hand, what does that mean in real terms? It means that... Your time passed, God is in it. God is in your past. I'm not saying God was in your past. God is in your past. <laughs> He's in your past. It's not a past tense for him. So, whatever I'm worried about my past, God does not need to start thinking that where that one is past, Let's see, God is living in that past and he can turn that past and that past will be as if the past never existed. (laughs) Don't you know that occultists and all the rest of them, that's what they use. They dig, they find out where was it coming from, what were their ancestors done. But before they could dig in there, Jesus is waiting in that past for them. Don't joke with it. If you have that understanding, you will not worry for once about your pedigree or your, your ancestor or ancestral line, your ancestral lineage. You won't worry about your own past, past errors. We you know God is there to fix and to wipe them out. He knows how to fix what you missed in the past. To fix what you missed. And he knows how to remix what you mixed. <laughs> there are some things that you concorded. He knows how to remix it. The words that you said, I've mentioned that to you before. After I finished preaching like this, I learned that. And I'm going home. I say, Ah, Lord, maybe I should have said that one differently. And I learned to start praying. I said, Lord, let it have no effect. Let nobody be weighed down by acting by the grace of God. God I thought allowed me to let some of the things I thought were, I probably should have said it this way, that way, to have had effect. Because God is in that already. He's walking there. Is making it as if, you know, it probably will even make people to think about it differently because it's always in my past. It's personally a great relief for me when I saw that. And he mentioned that in Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. But he didn't stop there, verse 14. And having wiped out the handwriting of... Of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Is one thing. Let the New Living Translation puts verse 14 better. Before I move on, I make my comment. Verse 14, New Living Translation of Colossians chapter 2. He said, He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. It's one thing to forgive, it's another thing to wipe it out. As human beings, we struggle with that. And that's okay for a little while. But one thing I'm sure about is that that's why sometimes we keep saying, hey, Lord, see this person. And all that done in the past. where you keep not, some of them, they don't understand, but they trust God enough. They relax in his hand. And God made their past to be as if it never existed. Never existed. As long as they just trust in the Lord. Never ever forget that if your times are in God's hand, your past is in his hand as well. Existently, God can also <laughs> be in the past of some people. And I've, I just for the completion, I need to mention it. I pray, I said, Lord, should I mention it? That God, what has settled before, can become unsettled. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. Uh, it's an exceptional case. God told Samuel that all will be well with him, and then repeatedly, he was not listening. And God said, okay, what I said before, because I'm always in your past anyway, if I say, eh, in your past, I don't need to go back. I'm there. I can change it. And so that's why it was not difficult for God to just say, well, indeed I said. I don't need to go to another court. I don't say it again. Because with God, there's no past tense. There's no future tense. With God, it's always the present tense. And I said, please mention to you before, always have that settled in your heart, that you cannot joke with your past, you must leave it in the hand of God. Can I hear your amen unto that one? Every one of our two-year olds they have a past. I hope you know that. As small as that, the time that's from the time of our birth, so no matter where you are coming from, our past must be placed in his hand. Let me go to the next point. Our future is also in his hand. Of all faces of life, this is the future we are most afraid of and that we worry most about, do you agree with me, of offices of life? I'm nudging you to think of your past. We don't usually think about it all the time. Especially when there's difficulties say maybe it's what I did. Uh, Maybe I didn't say it well. Maybe I didn't do it well. When people are not nice to you, you say maybe it's what I said and all the rest of that. But the one that we all worry about is our future. I doubt if anybody woke up this morning and you didn't have a tinge of a thought of your future. You are going to school. How will it be when I go to the secondary school? Even little children to think about it. I'm going to the uni. It's a little bit exciting, but at the same time, it's worrisome. have never been to uni before. I'm starting a new job. or um, I'm in between jobs. When will the job come? I've started this project. Lord, what's going to happen to it? It's moving. Not moving as fast as I thought. In fact, it's moving very fast. I want it to move faster. It's always about the future that we spend so much time upon. And Jesus wonders. us. In essentially said, I'm in your future. You Remember Matthew chapter 6, verses 25, I think, all the way to around 34. But let me just read verse 34 for you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. He knows tomorrow is what we worry about. But God is saying, I'm in your future. And since I'm in your future, I will fix that future before you get there. And that is very sweet. God is in your future before you get there. God does not address our future in the future tense, but in the present tense. <laughs> Faith does not say will be, but says it is. I know it may not be easy for us to function at that level, but we need to start making conscious efforts to start seeing our future, not in the futuristic sense, because God is there and belief that that is settled already. And you need to start talking... That what I am not today, I am tomorrow, not I will be tomorrow. Because God is in that tomorrow. Where I am not today, I am there tomorrow, not I will be there. It's said to, I'm there because God is there. It only needs to go dark and bright again for you to start functioning there. Who I am not today, I am tomorrow. That's why Jesus pinned them on the top of his singer's tips. He said, before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> They said, what? Yes, we know the Lord was using it as I am in terms of, um, you know, I am that I am in Exodus chapter 3. But I believe it was also a statement of faith for every believer. It's not about the future. God has done what he's going to do in your life. He's done it now. In Mark chapter 4, a very nice story many of us have read before, 35 to 40. Mark chapter 4, 35 to 40. Jesus said, let us cross over to the other side. And the disciples, they were wondering, how shall we get there? And they were flustered. And so when Jesus Christ came unto them and was correcting them and, you know, disciplining them and rebuking them, he was saying in verse 34, on the same day when evening had come, he said, no, no, that was verse 35, I'm reading, verse 40, I need that. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? He was not talking about faith that the sea was tossing. Fearful is for the sea. But faith is that, why don't you know that if I say we get to the other side, we're already on the other side? Am I there yet? No. Is it a target that I have? Absolutely. That everything the Lord has said about me, it has to be because it's already happened. It's only that the days, must, the night must fall, day must dawn, another night must fall, day must But it's there already. It's like a deposit in the bank. God will give you an understanding. You remember that woman, Second Kings chapter four verse twenty six, yeah. when he she warned the man of God he said, "Don't give me a child. I don't want trouble. I'm a fearful person. If I said that I'm okay with it, I got money. My husband has not left me. I'm, at least I'm okay with that one. Now this child that you say you want to give me, I don't want. And then the man of God said, "Don't worry." And she had the child. You know the story? And suddenly the child that she was, I don't know what she was thinking every time. I hope this child will not die. You know there are some people like that we worry so much. Even the blessing at hand, we are worried stiff that we won't lose it. I hope this marriage will not collapse. I hope this child will not die. If you are going through that now, by the power of the name of Jesus Christ, let it be broken. It's of the devil. So anyway, what this woman feared most came upon her, just like Job. The child died. But thank God for her. She rose above that, and when the man of God, the servant of the man of God, accosted her and saw her, because the minute the child died. The father of the child sent for the, sent the child to the mother, and the child eventually died. And she said, "Okay, I know what to do. I will go and meet the man of God who prayed to God so that I can have this child." And so, as she was going, remember, the servant of Elisha saw her. He said, "Is this well with you?" She didn't say it will be well. What did he say? It is well. And it is well is not our own cliche of it is well. She meant it is well. I pray God will give you and I that grace to stay right in the future where God is waiting for you and I. John chapter 14 verses 1 to 3. Let me use that one and draw a lesson from there and go to the final hour. My times are in your hand. John 14 verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to my that where I am, there you may be also. Not that where I will be, where I am. And the same thing mentioned, I think John chapter 17, we mentioned that to you before. He said, the glory which I have with the Father, I want you to be in that glory. Now, I go to prepare a place for you. Take it from me today. Yes, heaven, a place for us. But for your future, God has gone to prepare something for you. In that project that you are running, in that life, in that whatever, whatever it is, he said, I'm gone ahead. I've prepared a place, a place of safety, a place of blessing for you. And since I'm waiting for you there, I will come and fetch you. Come and eat what I've prepared. It's as simple as that. Don't let us complicate scripture more than that. Don't worry, don't worry. You, you don't know how it will pan out because you can't see the future. You are worried about this one. I've taken care of that guy. I've taken care of that woman. I've taken care of that. All those, all I've taken care of them. What do you need to do, you wait. Let, let it be night and day, night and day, since everything is timed. Eh. But as for that thing, your worry can do nothing. I am there. I'm fixing it. I'm changing somebody's mind. I'm removing somebody from the sin completely and bringing somebody from the other ends of the earth to come and meet the need there. That's what he does. And use this metaphor of preparing many times. He said, there was a very rich man who prepared a dinner for his people. And when the dinner was ready, he sent for the people. He's still in a sense of the way he functions. He goes ahead of you. And he was the great man. He was talking about God was a great man. He said, go to everywhere and go and fetch the people. The people will be worried, what shall we eat tonight? But the food is ready already. It's only to invite them to come and eat it. If you look at the future, that way you will sleep well. If I look at the future of this ministry, of my life, of my children, of my grandchildren, of my brethren, of everybody, if I look at it from that angle, I will be fine. I will be fine. If I look at my years ahead of the lotteries, and I trust God he will give you and I many years that we shall still be standing. That all that is we take, that the tumor that we didn't know was there for that woman, it's not a matter of tumor I'm talking about, anything that you don't even know can give you trouble in the future. is has gone ahead. It's gone ahead. It's gone ahead. I go to prepare a place for you. You will have your place. The place of a father the place of a mother, the place of a grandparent, the place of a gainfully employed top executive in the place God has called, the place of an apostle, the place of an evangelist that God has called, the place of a prophet. He's going to prepare it. There's nobody, the Bible talks a lot about seats. There's a seat for everything. There's a seat for everything. I don't know how. Okay, I'll share it. Nothing, no big story. It's just something that my mother used to say. And I think it's very apt, actually. Um, she used to pray. I pray for all her children. He said, I don't know how that translates now, Whether it's, but it's, it still means meaning to me. Just to tell you that God is about seats, about about place of a study that God places. Anyway, the prayer is simple. She will pray, that you will not need to be knocking on the door of where your mates are. In, in the cultural context where she was saying that, the meaning of it is this, you've all been to school and you have all risen up. And then it gets to a stage in life that the disparity between one and those that were your mates before is so wide that access becomes difficult. And the reason is that you don't have a corresponding seat to where they are sitting. And then, ah, that will not be your portion. That will not be our portion. There's all those little, little nuggets here and there that all these ancients that they drop. It's better we start saying amen to them and saying amen properly. And I try to look around. Because I believe in that prayer, I try to look around. I don't think I have to knock anywhere. I mean, most of them by phone calls, right from primary. Because God has given me a seat. I go to prepare a place for you. I'm still on that. Are you following me? Let's round up. God is in your present. Amen? The present is the place where we spend all our lives. But the place where we concentrate on the least. The present is the place where we spend all our lives. Not most, all. But the place where we concentrate on. They've least. You know, before you finish today, you're already thinking about the next <laughs> Before I finish this preaching, I was already thinking of another program I had early afternoon, early evening. Um, what is Monday like? It's, it's the same thing for all of us, but God is to deliver us. Amen. And um, some of you have been there before. You are in the midst of a project. You are doing something. And your mind just left that one. In fact, it's the easiest way to fail when you don't concentrate what is at, hand, or concentrate on what is at hand, and you are thinking what is in future. You can just blank out in the midst of a uh, presentation. Ah, that rent has not been paid. Ah, well, it's not been paid. You cannot pay it where you are. <laughs> Finish the presentation. Uh, the devil is a liar, is he not? Ah, Lord, that thing that I submitted yesterday, that's about the by the past now. Ah, I hope the thing we don't have in that way. You can do nothing about it. There's somebody in your past. Let him fix it for you. You are in the present. Live the present. Is that making sense? Work with him in the present. Ask him, Lord, what do I do? How do I handle this one? And the key, the best key to a good future, is a solid present. If I get today right, it will make tomorrow easier. Usually. Then I don't need to start worrying about today as a past that we need to fix. Acknowledge God in the present and you won't need to worry about the future. My today is in your hand, O oh Lord. A successful today, as I said, is a great step towards a glorious tomorrow. I still believe that it might still be good to use the New Living Translation Of the 34th verse of the 6th chapter of the gospel according to Matthew. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. (laughs) Today's trouble is enough for today. In conclusion, what shall we do? God is right there in your time. Amen? Past, present, and future. There's no time out for God. It's always there. Stay with him. Don't wander away. You might think I contributed to the situation in which I am. Leave that aside. God is in your past. You might think, I don't even know the way things are going Tomorrow will be okay. God has gone out ahead of you to your tomorrow. He's fixing it. You will meet the table set tomorrow. You might be wondering, how shall I go through today? He's standing by your side. Hey, what do you need now? The only thing you need now is to be sure that you are Christ Jesus, because all these things are only true for those that belong to him, because when he was talking, the Bible says he said to his disciples in John chapter 14, in Mark chapter 4, he said to his disciples, most of the things that we read in scripture, he didn't just say to everybody, he said to the disciples, are you a disciple of Jesus Christ? And the easiest way is to find that. Or oh, is there a time in your life when you know whole things have passed, all things have become new, that you say, bye bye, world. I'll follow Jesus now. Whatever it tells me, I'll press on. If you have not, you can do that where you are just now and say, Jesus, come into my heart. And as I always do when I give this altar call, it's not what preachers do, it's what I believe personally. Holy Spirit asked me to say. So don't think that they always conclude, I don't. And that's why sometimes. As me. I don't always conclude with an autocall. but when I conclude with an auto call, believe God is talking directly to you. Believe that it's a message from God. As many of you have received messages, some of you have received messages about the past. You know, that is a pastor. That's my own. Some of you is about tomorrow, future. Some is about. But for you that you are sitting down there, yes, all may have applied the word from under. But you know that is this applicable to me? It can be applicable today. Yield your life to Jesus. Your story will change. Bow down your head wherever you are. Great and mighty God we thank you. You make all things beautiful. You are God of seasons and times. Stretch your hand. Touch your people. As many as are making the decision, maybe at this moment, or somebody will listen later. and say, ah, you are right. It's me that needs to make that decision. As they are making the decision today, or any time in future, when they listen to this message, Spirit of the Living God, please draw them close, give them the new life, and let your name be glorified. And for the rest of us, I pray, my Father, from today, this moment, no more worries. We are settled in you, and anyone trying to attack our past, they will meet you there every occultist, every evil power. He has promised us that no weapon that is fashioned against us. He said, indeed, they will gather, but it's not by me. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 16. Indeed, they will gather, but but not by me. He said, anyone that shall rise up against they shall fall for your sake. Because no weapon that is fashioned against you will prosper. So we receive it today. I am restful. I'm sorted. My past is being taken care of. And I thank you that I don't have to worry about tomorrow because you are preparing the table before me. Today, I'm standing by you, my Lord. We are standing by you. Go with us. Let your name be glorified. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Jesus, marvelous name, we have prayed. Amen. Somebody shout hallelujah.